Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. Hey, Mike, what are you doing way up on that ladder? You're going to hurt yourself. Oh, I'm trying to unclog these gutters. That's smart. I had water damage from my gutters last year. It cost me ten grand. Yeah, wait, $10,000? Yeah, and from over here, it looks like water's been pouring over your clogged gutters. And it's probably doing real damage to your foundation. You need to do what I did. Get off the ladder and call Leaf Filter. Yeah, but I need to get these gutters flowing now. That's why you need to call Leaf Filter. They'll clean and realign your gutters and install their exclusive micro-mesh screen system so nothing gets in your gutters except water. So Leaf Filter protects my house from damage and means no more gutter cleaning for me? Bingo! Plus, Leaf Filter has an industry-leading lifetime warranty, so your gutters are covered for life. Thanks, Frank. I'm calling Leaf Filter today. Don't go another day with your home unprotected. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com for your free gutter inspection. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com right now for an extra 15% savings. Call 1-844-300-LEAF or go to tryleaffilter.com. That's one 844 Leaf. Good morning, listeners. This is Jim the Keys bartender coming to from a a more moderately temperatured Key Largo, Florida Keys. I'm not going to talk about it because right now the Northeast is under. Um, Winter storm warning, blizzard warning, depending on where you are. Uh, I'm not going to go over the news. You know, do know that. You do know, do know when you wake up, I imagine, that it's snowing. Unless you live in, in an interior apartment with no windows. Which probably you really wouldn't want to look at right now, I guess. But it is, um, it does bring back memories of that and I noticed the terminology is different for blizzards and things like that. They used to say things like um, just blizzard, storm, and this. Now it's bomb cyclone. Bomb cyclone. I recall it was thirty something years ago. It was on a local. Uh, be like thirty five years ago, thirty three years ago, 30, something around then. Uh, a news reporter in Philadelphia, they, in Philadelphia rarely gets big snowstorms, not as much as you do in the, in the Midwest or the Northwest, but when they do, they're pretty big. But every so often, like a summer, one winter, may, you may just get like a, a couple inches, no big snowstorms. They're just waiting for that 12, 14, 15 inches of snow. And this reporter, and I remember his name, Andrew Glassman. It was a storm coming, and it, as a, a snowstorm was approaching, and as it was approaching, it started dwindling. The chances of accumulations or decent accumulations kept on dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. And this guy was out on the street, like they put reporters in whenever the storm. It seems like the worst the storm, the you know, they want to put them with a weather channel, puts them right in the center of it, you know, you know, to chain them to a, a 
a stop sign or something like that. But this guy's on the street. It just started snowing. It doesn't look like it's going to get to me more than an inch of snow. And he gets down. Andrew Glassman was his name. And he goes down to the ground and he start, starts uh, sweeping up some snow, trying to get a handful. And he goes, there's not a lot of snow right here, but this little amount can make the roadways very slippery. No shit. Well, water can too, but you know, ice does that. But yeah, he 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 said it, and it wasn't really particularly windy or anything. There was a light snow going on. It sounded like the people did today. And now, juxtaposed to today, I'm watching a reporter in Boston. Guy comes up. And they said, you're live. And, he, and he's pointing down the street and you hear blah, 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 pointing. And they go, he goes on for two, maybe three minutes. And he's holding the microphone. He has a scarf on his face. You can see his eyes. But I guess they think they can hear him. But the wind must have picked up and stuff. And it was just mumbling. Finally, he says, oh, we're going to have some audio issues. No, you weren't having an audio issue. It was very loud. There was a blizzard going on. There was high wind and snow hitting the microphone, and there, there was no problem with the audio. The problem was he didn't have it close enough. Didn't have it. You should have had that mic right up on his face, or on his face. And he wasn't wearing a scarf. The guys that are wearing scarves now, these reporters are outside, and they're like 10 feet, you know. They're not wearing masks and stuff. like They're wearing it because it's, it's cold and it's windy. It's like 15 degrees. And it's interesting how they they get people and they say, well, let's say it's a human interest story. They're in New York City. They got someone, it's, it's, it's 15 degrees and it's snowing. And they said, this gentleman's jogging through Central Park. No, he's not. He was jogging. And you see him in a workout outfit. He's got his face all covered up. Um, and he's just standing there freezing. And he's probably figuring out at the time, he goes, oh, I'm on CNN but I got all this clothes on, so no one's going to really know who it is. He just say his name. His name could have been Robbie or something like that. He's standing there freezing because, you know, you don't dress warm when you're running. You dress so when you get warm, you're not sweating. If you get that concept, you, you, you don't want to be dressed as if you're going to be sitting around and, when you're working out. You're, you're dressing so... That you can work out. So that's you're going to have some. He had a, kind of reduced layers. And he's just standing there freezing. Thinking what the fuck am I doing. And no one's going to be able to see what, who, who I am. I'm going to be on CNN. And I'm all covered up. I recall that going through those storms. I do. And it is significantly different from. The hurricanes. Maybe not by the preparation. Because you always put up some foodstuffs, you you know you get things ready. We had um, in our house up in Philadelphia, the one I grew up in, had a had gas heat. They had a space heater in the ba- basement. We used to have that sucker going um, all, all winter long, and then we had gas heat through the rest of the house. And the, the reason. We didn't have, you know, we we had the space heater and I guess the basement got particularly cold. And you could just crank that up and it would get nice and toasty in there. And it kind of heat the rest of the house too. So you get these blizzards and you talk about, I remember 
the first one we had maybe, you know, I was in, uh, before I went to college and during college, a little over a foot. The first time I experienced over a foot of snow. Maybe like 18 inches of snow was when I was in college and it hit on the weekend. And in college, uh, luckily my father lived with my grandmother, so I didn't have to worry about, uh, you know, I was in the same city where we went to college, but I uh, lived on campus. And normally I went home on those weekends, but I didn't go home on the weekend. We They canceled, they canceled classes on uh, 10 o'clock in the morning on Friday, and we ended up, uh, I, some friends, we ended up going to a neighborhood about five miles away to, in order to get pizza uh, supplies for his fraternity's party. And uh, we were picking up like 50 pounds of dough and sauce and cheese and stuff like that. And on the way back, you know, you just started seeing the shelves started empty. And you see bread, butter, milk. That's always bread, butter, milk. Just like happened during um, the hurricanes and things like that. The first thing, peanut butter, tuna, corned beef. I was a big corned beef hash guy. That's what I loaded up up in uh, Philly whenever, you know, I thought maybe we could get snowed in. I know we could survive on corned beef hash, Hormel, Hormel uh, chili. Uh, God, Spam. Lots of spam, not so much tuna, but a little tuna, and 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 rice, and these are the things you just go for the food staples, the things you don't because you're not going to be able to go. And you're in college, so I wasn't. I'm in college at that time, so I wasn't going after broccoli or asparagus or things like that. I just needed. I was just thinking calories. I counterposed to as I got older. Uh, when a storm would come and when I was drinking, the first thing you get is liquor. First thing you get was liquor. And I guess I wasn't in the, in the depths of alcoholism at the time because in college, that wasn't my first thing I thought about. When I was 20 years, 19, 20 years old, I was thinking about having food. Nowadays, I'm back to thinking about food if a storm's coming up or some kind of shortage is showing up. But you'd hear these first storms come up, and then all of a sudden we had a couple, over the years, uh, I don't remember any big snowstorms as a child, but when I was in high school and all through and, and through college and the later years, I remember those blizzards. And you'd get all stocked up and make sure they, you know, if I was up near my grandmother's house, I would get milk, bread, all the things they needed things like that. And when I was dating somebody, one time I'm dating this girl, she lived about five miles away. And I guess when the, it was 1991, 92, something like that, 93 maybe. It was, it was a, oh, almost three feet of snow. Philadelphia. And it was starting. And they, in the beginning, they said it's going to be a big snowstorm. It's going to be a foot. And they said it's going to be more than a foot. It could be more than two feet. Blah, blah. So it was just getting worse and worse. And they didn't. eventually, they stopped talking about how deep it was going to get. So that's when people aren't scrambling, getting stuff. So I had my grandmother on one side, my girlfriend on the other. So I, I'm getting this stuff ready for my grandmother. And there's a major artery between... Uh, about three miles, four miles 
from uh, our houses and that major artery, it was called Woodhaven Road. Uh, it connected uh, Route 1 to 95. And they always kept it clear and it was pretty good. But you know what? Getting off at the end of the line, Woodhaven Road started at I-95. If you're familiar with Philly, it's not really important. It started at I-95 and ended up on the far western part of northeast Philadelphia. And it would take you to near Bustleton Avenue, where near where my girlfriend lived. So I had decided right at the height of the storm that I had got my grandmother ready and I, I prepared everything. Then I was going to go and get stuff and make sure my girlfriend had stuff. She was the last one. So I'm going off the road. I can barely see on this uh, Woodhaven Road exit, this Woodhaven Road thing. It was just, I couldn't see a mile. But I get the exit ramp and I just realize as I'm going off the exit ramp, it's one of those long looping ones that I can't see the road and I can't see the reflector markers on it or the uh, guardrail that protects the ramp from going um, people driving straight on the Route 1. It, everything's covered up. It's falling so fast at the time. It was like big clumps of snow coming down. So I'm just going into this uh, driving mode. I'm driving a Pontiac Bonneville. It's a sedan, front-wheel drive. And I'm barely, and I'm going down the ramp. And I said, if I stop, because there was nothing, if I stop anywhere, I'm not going to start again. And I'm going to be stuck here. And there was no one around me. So I guess everyone else figured out that was pretty smart. And this is part of the city. This isn't the city of Philadelphia. This isn't in, in a suburb. And I'm just going around this loop. And I said, if I get stuck or stop, I'm going to be stuck here for a while. Because I don't, I'd hate to have to explain to a police officer or someone like that why I got stuck and what I was doing there. So I, I kind of, I know when you're trying to imagine what something looks like, like a loop that you hardly ever remember the dimensions of something. You're always either imagining it wider or narrower, but I'm imagining this loop because I can't see anything and hoping I can stay on it because I figure my car would get stuck on uh, a guardrail or something like that if I wasn't careful. But I'm going down 30 miles an hour because I don't want to slow down because I don't want to lose traction and all this stuff. So I can continue and make it all the way there and barely, barely make it up the connecting road that makes it to my girlfriend's house. And then I parked and unloaded the uh, car. And then I didn't drive for three days because there was so much snow. They had no place to put it. They had no place to put the snow. They kept on plowing it. They were plowing in sidewalks. They were plowing in driveways and things like that. They were hoping for uh, it. Was It was such a heavy snowfall that it took so long for it to just melt. They usually with the uh, uh, snows in Philadelphia, you see in a couple of days, you get some major melting. People driving on the road, it gets all slushy. It was days. It was uh, three days. And we're working on the roads. The first day, we're trying to clear the road. The road was still blocked in front of the house. And it was a bus route. When there's bus routes, they usually clear that. But the secondary roads, the main roads were clear, but the secondary roads were not cleared. And the residential roads definitely weren't clear. 
So at those times, the reaction, like in a hurricane, you you normally evacuate during a hurricane. There's no evacuation for a blizzard, right? You can evacuate like they do in the Northeast. They go to go to Florida, but right now with this cold front moving in, Northern Florida is frozen. No one in Jacksonville, the freeze warnings and stuff like Orlando. There could be a uh, freeze going on in Orlando. That's unusual. That's unusual, but uh, there's no evacuating for, you know, you sit tight for a blizzard. And if there's a bar open, it's funny. The one thing that is similar with hurricanes was they have parties. You go in, there's nothing to do. You're not going to work and stuff like that. And you just drink. Yes, drink. You're stuck in a house. If you have the wherewithal, you know, you go out, you try to suit of snow, you put on your boots and you go and walk. And, it, you know, when it's so bad, when it's when it's up to your, it's above your knee, the snow, a lot of times people won't even go out. Won't even go out. But I don't miss that as much. I, I, uh, I can't imagine what it's like now. I haven't done this in a while I went to the gym today and it was in the 50s and I remember going in the snow and stuff like that it's just surreal when the weather is so unlike weather down here when it gets dry and cool and it's going to drop in the 40s and you don't see the iguanas iguanas just be the birds you don't see the birds out we got bird feeders there's nothing there Nothing there. And the tourists, there's nobody popping down from Miami. You do have people that flew in. They're down here. But, you know, I guess it's either here at 55 degrees or up in um, up north with below freezing temperatures in the teens and in the, in the single digits. I mean, it's all relative. I appreciate. I appreciate that. They, they would enjoy it, but they can't do the things that they wanted to do down here. I wanted to talk about the noise, though. The thing that brought the thing that really brought back was when you when a blizzard or something like that, and you have to talk to someone. No, snow is such a, no, a noise dampener. When you went out, when it, when a whole area is blanketed with snow, it's like there's no echo. If you got soft snow. Just your sound carries, but there's not an echo. It's not bouncing off any hard objects, not a, off any buildings and things like that. Because you have snow and it's absorbing sound, and it's just muffled. Well, working last night at the restaurant, we had a band that hasn't been there in a long time. A popular band for our neck of the woods, Cody James and the Keybillies, kind of uh, country bluesy rock. Southern rock kind of thing, uh, folksy, but uh, pretty cool band, very good band, and it was very busy, very busy, and it gets very loud, and it's very loud behind a bar, and whenever anybody starts, I I can hear my name shouted, pretty much that, I can hear my name shouted, and unless I'm looking at someone, when they're in the middle of it, when they're playing and there's everyone's talking and the people are seeing if the, 
you know how it is. When there's noise, the people are communicating, so they try to over-talk the noise, so it piles on each, uh, each other. And sometimes in the midst of that, I'll hear the phone. I'll hear the phone ring. But if it's real busy, this is truth. I can get in trouble for this probably saying it. I can't answer it because I can't hear. And I'm so busy, I can't walk outside and take the phone and just let everything pile up. I had glasses all over the bar. I had to wash my glasses. I didn't have any clean glasses. So I, I wash them, put them in the cooler, put them so I have glasses to make drinks. And then I'm making drinks. I'm taking orders. The bar's full. I'm not complaining. Just the way it is. I mean, if I took the phone call, it would sound like this. Hi, thank you for calling to so-and-so. Could you please hold? And that would be it. And then they'd be sitting there for a while and no one would talk to them. Because I'd have to wait till someone comes up or I have to leave. But I'm already behind. So it's important. I know it's important to answer the phone and things like that. But if you're not going to hear that person, it's like, a, what? what's the use? People say, I heard them pick up the phone, but it kept on putting me on and dropping off. You know? And the next time I would be available would be an hour and a half. So I hear, I hear the phones and I hear someone call my name at the bar. Be a regular or someone who goes, no, Jim. Jim and he'd come over. And usually it's the order or to say something, but you don't know readily. And some people, if they've been drinking for a while, they don't tend to enunciate with uniform, let's say, a uniform methods, because they're talking and you're looking at their mouths, and you don't even, I don't know if the sounds, what they correspond with. Are you ordering food? talking about the weather or some obscure sports fact because I can't hear anything. So what I do with this sometimes, I, I get people, uh, they'll, they'll start talking and they'll wave me over and they'll say blah, 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 blah. And then I go, mumble dog talk to the banana patch. And they go, huh, huh, what? I go, exactly. Exactly. Shoe tissue, banana, ribbon, ball cheese. And the person goes, I can't hear you. Exactly. I don't hear anything. I just said nonsense to you. you and they can, still can't hear me. I said, There's you, there is a certain protocol for when it's real loud. And it's looking at the person, looking at their lips, forming the words purposely, pointing at the menu. I mean, the only thing, uh, it, obviously, if I was a signer, that would be awesome. An awesome situation. There. And some people you hear when they're talking, they're looking, they're making the sound you hear. We want the check or some. Sometimes people want the check and they want to order. So that gets confusing sometimes. They go like this. They do the, they do that, the V thing, check. But sometimes they go with the hand just pointing down the, the, the forefinger and the thumb, and it's more like, could you write down an order? They're pointing down like they're pecking at something, raising it above their shoulder, and they go, you know, I don't exa exactly know. And they'll just say, you know, we can write it down, but what I do is I come up close to them, I look at them, I ask them a question, what do you want? And then I'll ask them other questions about it. 
You know, if they said, do you want the dinner or the lunch? Do you want this or that? And then you hear it. And then I repeat it back. Did you hear what I said? You know, did you hear everything I said? Yes. Because it's interesting, though, how loud it is and how much you think you should screw up the order. I've made mistakes. I made mistakes. But it's very unusual on when it's really, really loud to make, for me to make a mistake because you have to take so much, make such an effort to make sure that you got it right. So it's, it's you know, one thing, it's hard to get an order, and second of all, it's, you, you're getting it better. So maybe I should be doing that more often. In all things, not just getting an order of food. Obviously, there's miscommunications in lots of things, in lots of things. I mean, I can imagine architects and uh, law enforcement, all these things. you got to really be careful with that stuff. Finally, I want to finish. The title of the show is Captivate. Captivating? Captivating. You ever get that moment when you're doing something, you're driving down the road and you see something undescribably beautiful and then you just, you know, you just look at it and you just... You, 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 you got to pay attention to either pull over to the side of the road or, or, or just like refocus because it's something, a, a vehicle, a scene, um, a song you hear in passing, indescribably beautiful, a, just a, a piece of art, a painting, something that just grabs you and it takes you. It, it, Captivating is means capture to capture your attention through attraction. You know, captivating in the Middle Ages meant when you captivate someone, you took them prisoner. But nowadays, it evolved into when you captivate. It's usually something that's positive. It's something beautiful, and it it it's mainly involves people when someone someone's captivating when they come in. You know, a man, a woman. You know, and they're just one of those people that just catch your attention. And when that happens, whether it's a view or a piece of art or a song, there's things that happen around you, like the noises that happen around you kind of fall away. An activity that's going on, it's more like some things are happening, but you're focused on that, what's in front of you. And you're just thinking, wow. Uh, I'm not really thinking anything right now. I'm just focused on this person. You're just, wow. And people are trying to talk to you and they're trying to talk to you and you're just that way. That way. It, it sucks when you're at work. And there's some people, when they're doing things, they don't get that reaction. You know, when you're you're in the zone, you're in the site, you know, do but every so often a, a song or a vision or anything gets your attention. It's so hard to break that. It's so hard to break it. It's almost and there was a scene from Seinfeld where 
uh, Elaine's dating this guy, and every time the song by the Eagles, the band the Eagles, called Desperado would come on, he would just tell her to be quiet. Because every time it came on, he became captivated. And he'd just sit, and it was his thing. He would just look off in the distance, and you know he wasn't there anymore. You know he wasn't in the presence. So you're thinking... Imagine that when you're very busy and all of a sudden you got your attention grabbed away from you. Stolen from you. You know, that's that, that could be like a trick playing football, isn't it? They're trying to catch your attention. Or a feint when you're boxing. When you, when you come up with, let's say, the left and you look like you're going to lay with the left and you pop them with the right. You're, you're, you're focusing that attention and it's what people are trying to do when they're on screen or when they're singing or when they're acting or teaching. They're trying to take your attention captive. They're trying to, and it, when you're working, some people are desperate to get your attention. And all they want is your attention. And all they want to do is see it. Even though you have a million things going on. They don't care. I need you to talk to you right now. You're the only one that can solve this problem. And this problem is I need to order a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, go, okay. And you know that was desperate. But it's interesting. And I'm still, I still fall victim to it. I still fall, fall victim to being captivated. And uh, people that don't, if you don't experience that, that's, that's a shame. There's really no feeling like in the word, the world to be like just utterly focused on something for a moment. And all your worries, all your cares, what you view about yourself, what you view about the world, what you think about God goes away. And you just focus on the one particular thing. It could be a screensaver on your laptop. Or it could be some charming person that walks in. They just get you. Well, listen, I'd like to thank everyone for listening. Uh, this is a shorter episode today. It was a live episode. Uh, I'm hoping that... Uh, Gosh, I hope Boston, I'm looking at, uh, I have the sound turn off and I'm watching the news here. And they said, wind gusts to 70 miles per hour, snowfall exceeding two feet. They say like three feet in Boston. Holy shit. I've heard those stories and stuff like that. And it's got to suck. And it's poor people that I can't, I just can't imagine someone's on vacation right now. Right. And they have the car probably parked in long-term parking. And if it's uncovered, they're going to come back. And if they're coming back tomorrow or the day after, I have a feeling you may have a hard time finding your vehicle. And uh, that's got to really suck. That's got to really suck. Finding I've lost my vehicle before, but that's mainly because I got drunk and forgot where I parked it. But when you put all this camouflage, there you got the crazy guy, this pa, Palos Sandoval. 
the guy that was in there. They're talking to him again. I imagine he can't hear him either. There's just wind blowing and shit like that. And the guy's got a onesie, not a onesie on, but he has a snow pants, a jacket, a hat, mittens. Gosh. I couldn't scare up this stuff if I had to down here. I did. There are people down here that once it gets to 50, they got gloves on. They got gloves on. Just just a different way to have people down with 17 degrees. So it's about 40 degrees cooler. 40 degrees cooler and um, maybe 40, no, 38 degrees cooler. No, wait, wait, 40? Yeah, maybe 55. Well, thank you for listening. This is Jim the Keys Bartender. Stay warm, stay cool. Um, don't start shoveling until you... Um, we used to, I used to shovel before it finished snowing. I don't know why I did that, but I just did that. I figure it would be easier later. You know, when it snowed for like 24 hours, I'm thinking, I'm shoveling some of this fucking snow. Uh, you know, if it's dry and it's blowing, it sometimes it isn't worth it because you get everything shoveled and it just gets filled up again. Well, that's it. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Um, oh, I send best wishes out to my friend up in Erie, Pennsylvania, Desiree. Um, glad to hear you're doing well. And uh, we miss you guys. Hope you and Jen are having a good time. And, and Brian, uh, wish the best for Brian. Uh, my new friend, Diana, uh, I'd like to say hi. And John and all, all the people visiting us and not visiting us. I'm thinking about you in the storm and uh, hope you do well. Talk to you later. Bye.